So I don't think that companies want you to not be your whole self. I think that we have trained humans to withhold and to hold back. So I think find your purpose, find what you love, bring it to work you know, share it with the people that you work with. Absolutely. Like no one wants a watered down version of you. And the only way to be self-expressed in your vocation or in your career does not only exist in being an entrepreneur. I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Beyond the Goals. In this show, As you know, we discuss everything and anything that can positively impact the quality of our life, anything and everything that can help us bring meaning and joy to our life. And one of the best, most practical ways to do that is to choose a career that's purpose-driven, a career that's an adventure in itself, and that makes Monday your favorite day of the week. Because as Steve Jobs advised, Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. This is episode number 43, and I'm sharing a conversation that's all about building a career that we can love with Steph Corker, who is the founder and CEO of the Corker Collective, a company that matches the right talent to the right organizations. Steph built this company after spending over a decade recruiting across several different sectors. She's all about living a life of adventure, a life that puts even your wildest dreams to shame, and she believes that it begins with the intersection of your work, your play, and your purpose. Steph is also a passionate athlete having crossed 25 Ironman finish line. And that's not all, but you can learn more from Steph herself. So let's dive in. So can you quickly tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Because I know you are a lot more than a consultant. You have a very, very interesting life. I know you're very adventurous. So just a little bit about yourself. My name is Steph Corker. My pronouns are she, her. I currently uh, live in a cabin in the woods just south of Whistler, British Columbia. Uh, I am a consultant. I do run the Corker Collective, which is a human capital consulting firm. And we are obsessed with recruiting and developing humans. Um, And beyond that, I care so deeply that people get to live their biggest and most self-expressed versions of life. And whether that be through sweaty pursuits, um, perhaps being a parent, uh, however you like to identify, however you like to spend your time, I think we are all so much more than a job. And I think that I have an opportunity to help people live lives beyond their CVs. And um, yeah, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's, that's what life looks like right now as a bit of a mountain rat. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Uh, And as you said that you, uh, you know, 
help cultivate human capital. You deal with recruitment on a daily basis. So what are some of the life lessons that you would share with people who are in the you know throes of developing their career? Yeah, the throes of developing your career, I think, have changed drastically in the last, let's call it, 20 years. Um, I've been in the recruiting space for, I guess, 16 years now. And I would say that what what and who people were 16 years ago is very different than today. And I think once upon a time we started or we worked for the future. And I think more than ever now we work for the present and how will what you're doing today help fulfill you um, in, in your day truly. And I, I do believe very passionately about goals and about how, how does your life today contribute to where you want to go? I think the difference is that goals can no longer be compartmentalized. So the goal of your family and the goal of your career and the goal of, of community all need to live together. And I think it's really important that, you know, where you choose to live and where you choose to work all impact the other areas of your life. And uh, I, I don't think we can compartmentalize it any longer. Right. So perhaps getting a clearer sense of where you want to be in future, what is it that you want out of life, and using all of that information to make a decision so that it touches up on all that you want out of your life. I just think it's a shame if you hate your job only to love your dinner at night. It's like, what if you could love your morning and love your work and then come, perhaps come home or, you know, switch rooms and share, you know, something exciting over dinner with with your family or loved ones. And um, I, I would just hate that it feels robotic and so disjointed. So you do believe like it's possible to have it all, have like have every corner of your life be beautiful. <laughs> well, here's what I will say. I do believe it is possible to have it all. I think that you need to define your version of it all. And I think that your version of having it all will be very different than someone else's version of having it all. And I believe very passionately that we never compare what one's version of fulfillment is to someone else because we are unique, incredible humans that there, there is no one version of it all. So I believe in the and, I believe that you can be many things and do many things. You just have to determine what your capacity for many is. Yeah, wonderful. And do you think it's possible to build a career even if you are not an entrepreneur and still maintain your individuality and bring, uh, bring whatever purpose you've decided for your life to that career? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I do not think everyone is meant to be a, an entrepreneur. I think that being an entrepreneur is one of the hardest ways to, to make a living. And I think that stress kills us. I don't think yeah. that people um, need, to, <laughs> need to sign up for that kind of stress. It's just not meant for everyone. And yet I think it's really important that humans um, do feel self-expressed, do feel like there's an opportunity to bring their, their whole selves to work. And I think in most cases, um, companies want that. 
it's employees that hold back. So I don't think that companies want you to not be your whole self. I think that we have trained humans to withhold and to hold back. So I think find your purpose, find what you love, bring it to work. Um, you know, share it with the people that you work with. Absolutely. Like no one wants a watered down version of you. And the only way to be self-expressed in your vocation or in your career does not only exist in being an entrepreneur. There are many, many other ways to, to get that fulfillment if you are up for showing up for it, really. Right. And if you were to talk about what qualities do you need to bring forth in your character to actually build a successful career, if you were to think about all the experience you've had with a variety of industries that I'm sure you've worked with and the kind of people you've worked with. So what, according to you, would be the key qualities one needs to possess to build a successful career? Mm, key qualities to build a successful career, you ask. I think that you need to determine what a successful career is. Okay. I read a great quote that, um, you, you know, it, it's something to the effect of like, how do we define success now? Um, you know, for me, success in my career would be the opportunity to wake up and work out in the morning or to be done work at a reasonable time that I can, you know, make dinner or take my dog for a run in the woods. Um, that is success. That is how I view success. I view success that I do work in such a way that my tank is full and I have positivity to contribute to the community or to um, people I love when my work is done. Uh, I think it's very, very important that we look at the terms of success and then say, how do I build around that? I also think that it's you know, if we look at the journey, it's easy to go to school and then you start working. And as soon as you start working, you flip the table and it all of a sudden becomes someone else's responsibility for your success. Whereas when you're in school, it's your responsibility for your success. It's not the teacher. Yet then when we start working, it becomes our manager's responsibility to promote us or to give us the next opportunity. So I would say that whether you're an entrepreneur or not, it's so critical that you stay responsible for the development of your own success in, in whatever way that is. Um, and I would just ask, how are you investing in yourself and how are you investing in your own development? Because that is a far greater um, tool, in my opinion, to success than sitting and waiting for someone else to hand it to you, really. Um, and I want to be clear from an accessibility perspective that can come from books, it can come from podcasts, um, it can come from courses um, or coaching or mentorship. It's a, it's a wide spectrum. Um, there's a ton of accessibility if you're, depending on what you're looking for. Um, just, I would say, like, just don't sit back and wait for success. Think about how you want to build yourself and then success just comes. So in order to, you know, build a successful career, what's key here, according to you, is that we have a clear idea of what that successful career looks like to us and then learning all that we can in order to get to that place. Is that is that right? Learning all that we can and staying personally responsible. So keeping sure that it's your job to get there and what are the tools, the places, 
um, the people that you need along the way versus waiting for someone else to give those to you. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, but one thing that anytime we touch upon this topic, the one thing that concerns me is that not all of us are in uh, the privileged position of being able to choose the kind of career we want, or, uh, you know, really make any choice at all for ourselves. Some of us are have life circumstances that decide for us what it is that we are going to do and what sort of life we are going to live. So for uh, speaking particularly about people like that, people who are in those circumstances, who are struggling with a very restricted circumstances, what would you advise uh, to those people? What is it that they can do to perhaps build a better future, even if their present is, you know, filled with conditions that they have to fulfill uh, just in order to survive, perhaps? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I appreciate your candor in asking that question. I appreciate um, I, I appreciate your honesty in sharing that that choice is a privilege, and that's not to be taken lightly. And I hear you. Um, I I don't know that I know the best answer to that. I'll be honest. Of course. What I want to share is that I listened to a really excellent podcast with um, Trisha and Jason Mraz, and I can send you the link if that would be helpful. Jason Mraz is an artist, um, a singer-songwriter. He's based in California. And what I loved about the podcast with Trisha and Jason was Jason shared the stories that he was obsessed with writing music and making music. And in order for him to do so, he took a job as a school janitor because what he could do was write music during the day and then at night he could go to work. And what he did at night was he recorded the music he wrote during the day and then he listened to the music at night. And then, granted, this is 20 years ago, so things may have changed. And then at 11 o'clock at night when his shift was over, when he was done cleaning the school, he brought his friends into the school for a jam session. And then that gave him the space to do so. He didn't have to pay for any of it. He wasn't disturbing anyone. The school knew that for an hour at 11, from 11 to 12 p.m., people were coming in to play music together. And then he would go home and sleep. And then he would write more music. And then he would record the music. And he would record it on his Walkman. So then he would listen to it while he cleaned the school. And I share that not to say that a singer-songwriter is better or worse or a janitor is better or worse. Um, sometimes I think we lose perspective that we are all in this world together. Um, it is critical for a janitor to clean the school if we want kids to go to school the next day and have a clean classroom to learn. And I would never want a janitor to feel anything other than essential. Um, whatever you're cleaning is essential work. And I love that Jason found joy in this. I love that Jason found, you know, opportunity to bring, bring his, his friends into the school with permission. You know, I love that he found a way for it to work within his life. So I share that to say, I realize not everyone may have access to a circumstance like that. And if you, if we are to move through the world and appreciate everyone's essential spirit, you know, like I buy groceries and the person that checks me out from buying groceries 
they've made my day. Like they have made my access to groceries possible. And I want them to know that appreciation, just like any role. And um, it's almost like if we can help remove some hierarchy of, of something being better or worse or higher or lower and find the, the true appreciation for everyone we interact with, that that is how our network exists, then perhaps it will help inject some more joy and some more gratitude for everyone doing their best work. And I think that with that, you're inspired to say like, what else can I do? Where else can I go? How can I be of service? And, you know, I wake up in the morning and just think like, what is the work I'm going to do today? How will that be of service beyond myself? And um, if I don't know the answer to that, then then I really need to sit down and check myself. Um, so I say that because I just want to acknowledge that from a place of privilege, I think we all have access to being kind and to being radically grateful. Yes. And I would want whatever anyone's role to be to know that your role is critical, your role is essential, and to not let anything tell anyone otherwise and from that place do what makes your heart sing like jason yeah jam in the high school at 11 p.m if you have access to jam in the high school at 11 p.m yeah that was amazing a lot of us do hold ourselves back out of fear of judgment and it would help you know if we were all to contribute uh, to making the world a more you know welcoming space for everyone regardless of their station in the world and regardless of what they're choosing to do with their lives so that was uh, that was really helpful and i really hope people take up that advice and pursue whatever it is that brings them joy in whatever kind of circumstances that allow them to do so so that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of it uh, also has something to do with how much confidence you have. And of course, confidence is like a vital element that is going to either contribute to building your career or, you know, holding you back. So any suggestions on that front? What is it that people can do if they have no self-confidence? How can they start building uh, confidence? How can they start building the sort of... Um, personality that allows them to make themselves visible to the world because in today's age you cannot like play in your small corner and then want to you know have a larger than life um persona in the world you need to make yourself mm. visible so any suggestions there yeah gosh that's a good question you're full of really great questions um I do think that confidence is special and I think like any personality trait, um, it builds. So does everyone come out as a wildly confident person or is it a building block brick by brick? And um, maybe some people come out wildly confident. I wasn't one of them. I didn't get that confidence gene. Um, and I would say it has been a, a practice for me to, to build blocks of, of the qualities that I have cared about. Maybe I could put it that way. So um, if you care about confidence, then that is a building block that is worthy of investment. Um, there's different building blocks, you know, for, for different people. So I would say to acknowledge that nothing, we are not born with anything and we have the opportunity to create 
and cultivate whatever is most important. And if confidence is something that is important to you, to be mindful of how you can build that and to know that there are other building blocks that are essential as well. Um, to that, though, I will say that I do think the people that we surround ourselves with make an enormous difference and on how we see ourselves and on how we see the world. And I don't think there needs to be many people, and yet I do think five people can can really make a dent in your heart. So um, I will say that not everyone may have access to five incredible friends, uh, and sometimes your friends might be people that don't know you. Um, so you know, I used to joke that I had a a friend online and I would just follow all of his work and read everything. And he felt like a friend to me. He just didn't know who I was. Um, yet he helped cultivate something inside of me and that was possibility. And he helped cultivate a belief that, that anything could be possible if I was up for it. And so, you know, with that, I would say, or I would share that, um, be mindful of your community cultivate a community because it will help you cultivate the the skills that are essential and i think before confidence comes self-love so focus on perhaps loving loving yourself where you are first and know that the other pieces will come together amazing that was beautiful uh and now this one question uh i want to ask you and i think it will relate to the question the, about self-confidence as well and this is a question that i wanted to ask steph corker particularly because you are someone who really i think lives life uh well i think you live life to the full you are an endurance athlete and i from what i've read about you uh i feel like you make adventure a very like a continuous part of your life so why do you do that and how do you think that's contributing to how you show up in the world how you show up at work how you show up in your personal life yeah oh gosh well you've just made my heart sing thank <laughs> you for that beautiful compliment because um i have i have four depending on the month four or five core values and right. one of my core values is wild adventure and um, to to know that I am coming off in such a way brings me brings me a lot of joy because it feels very authentic. It's it's certainly not ma manufactured. It's very true for me that I think adventure can come in wild mountain runs and and trails. Um, you know, I really like riding a gravel bike. However, I also think adventure can come in the kitchen when you make dinner at night. I think adventure can come in some of the simplest. Um, most, you know, I get my hands dirty in my garden kind of ways. And I think adventure can also be a, a state of mind. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I think you're either up for getting lost and figuring it out in life, or you're up for traveling a paved path. And I just like to say that, you know, the destination for my life is not in Google and Google will not be able to tell me how to get there. And the route is not available by a car or a bus or a plane. The route is available on the path that I'm going to take. And it's not going to be the shortest way. And there might be some toll roads and I'm really up for it. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes, definitely, because, you know, Google will tell you it's it's much shorter to just take the route that Google suggests in a car. <laughs> um, and that's not the point. That's not why I'm here. So I think you miss out on people and places. You miss out on 
on making memories. And that's what matters to me. And I, I don't, um, you know, you ask on how this translates into work or into my personal life is that I don't see much of a delineation. I want people to work. I want the people that work with me to, to feel inspired for the adventure life in the same way that I want the people in my personal life that I love very dearly to know that, you know, together we're going to make a memory. And that to me is what this life is about. Who do you want to make memories with? Amazing. Not on Google, yeah. not on Google Maps. Beautiful, wonderful. So you said this uh, being more adventurous, like one of your core values, one of five values. Can I ask what the other four are? Well, I'll share at least three with you. One is I believe in totally possible. And that to me is a state of mind. I wake up and it's like things are totally possible. And what do we do with that? Um, wild adventure. It's a state of mind. I care about it deeply. And big, juicy love. I believe in love and I think love is magic and is medicine and um, can move mountains. So uh, it's something that I hold very near and dear. Beautiful, amazing. Uh, any resources that you can recommend to our listeners that might help them grow their career and you know be someone more worthy of their most intimidating goals? Oh gosh, well, um, you, we didn't come to this at this place and yet I can't not plug my own company. The Corker Collective right. is a place and a resource of, I think, a ton of juicy nuggets. So we have a podcast there called Uncorked where I talk to lots of people and I think that it is um, an inspiring place to land. We have um, various things that are available to the community for free, and we have some paid programming from a development perspective as well. And I think both are advantageous. Um, and beyond my own company, because I'm not that self-consumed by any means, um, I will share that Jay Shetty is uh, an author of Think Like a Monk and also a podcaster who I get a lot out of. I really appreciate his words. Um, and I think they translate to every area of your life. So if you want it, you know, to change your career, then start with Jay Shetty. He made, he's made a dent on my heart. Um, I also think that Marcus Buckingham on Instagram and Marcus Buckingham in real life, he has a program called Standout and I think it's exceptional. And, um, he's another person to to both follow and to you can take his standout um survey or test i believe it is and uh he really hits my heart as well so that's what i would say check out the corker co uh check out jay shetty and check out marcus buckingham i will make sure to share all of those links in the episode description uh for my last question uh i want to know if there if you were allowed to only give one piece of advice to the listeners that could help them live better lives what would that one advice be? I want to tell you the first answer that comes to mind. So would this answer be different tomorrow? Maybe. Um, and yet what feels so true right in this moment is go. The advice I have is go. Go on the adventure. Go on the car ride, the bike ride. Buy the dog, buy the plane ticket, and do it now. Um, one of my mantras over the summer was go, go, go. Do it now and do it together. And I just think there's no time to delay. Um, all we've got is now. That was the amazing Steph Corker. If you want to know more about our guest or you want to explore the resources mentioned during the episode, the links will be in the episode description. 
If you want to dive into similar content, go to my website, kratimehra.com, and there's a whole bunch of them for you to explore. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, please do rate and review the show on iTunes and share the episode on Instagram. It will help the show grow and reach a wider audience. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Now, I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.